For an inside look at the state's biggest footy league, it's the Monday Waffle. Welcome to this round nine edition of the Monday Waffle. I'm Jesse Donnelly-Jones, joined by my co-host Connor Malice. Connor, what a ripping round of football it was, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, we've been blessed with some great football throughout the Waffle this year, and this round nine was no different. Yeah, I mean, even the games that you... Th- I mean, there was uh, one exception there with the uh, the Peel Thunder taking on East Perth, but even West Coast Subiaco, which we'll touch on in a gif, was a lot closer than we anticipated. West West Coast probably... Should have been closer in that one. And then just some absolute belters between West Perth and Swans. Uh, East Fremantle taking on Claremont. That was the game of the round. But we'll start off with the curtain raiser at Optus on Saturday afternoon. West Coast taking on Subiaco. And West Coast, they well, gee whiz, they had more shots on goal. They very well could have won this game. Yeah, and there was a few times that the boys really just didn't take the most of their opportunity. I think it was... Johnstone, I believe, had a wide-open kick right in front of goals, played on, and completely missed it. So, I mean, when you're versing a team that you're very well well and truly up against the mix with and could get that scalp, you need to take the most of those opportunities. And kicking eight goals, 14, is just not doing the most with it. Well, they shot themselves in the foot, didn't they? I mean, kicking eight eight goals, 14, like that's not going to win you too many games of footy, is it? But Subiaco, on the other hand, 14 goals, six, just absolutely deadly with their set shots. Ryan Borchette. Our bloke, five goals straight. Yeah, um, I mean, look, anytime your forwards are kicking five goals straight, Ben Sokol, two goals straight. Uh, Josh Robbins, two goals, one. I mean, that's, uh, you know, when your forwards are kicking that accurately, it's, uh, you know, you're not going to lose too many games, and, are you? And the ball movement between both teams were actually was actually fantastic. I mean, defensively, not great. But offensively, when what we were getting with that was absolutely unreal. Yeah, and look, I mean, once again, West Coast just playing catch-up football after that first quarter. Three goals, one to three behinds. So 16 points of difference, ended up losing by 28, and we're just playing catch-up after that first quarter and just, you know, really probably should have been a lot closer or, you know, 22 shots to 20. Very well could have won that game, who knows. But Alex Witherden uh, in the Eagles waffle squad over the weekend, collecting 32 disposals, being the major Ball winner on the ground, uh, Lion Hickmott collecting 30 for Subiaco. And as we mentioned earlier, Ryan Borchette kicking five goals, just outstanding inside that forward 50. Now, East Fremantle, Connor, the streak <laughs> is over. Absolutely. I, I tell you what, you want to talk about a bad loss, dropping from first to fourth over one weekend. Yeah, well, that just goes to show how tight this competition is. And it's absolutely fantastic to see for... West Australian football, but yeah, you'd, you'd be spewing just to lose one match after having such a great run and dropping three places, going from first to fourth, that's just ridiculous. Well, I'll tell you what, they've, they've looked to be the best team all year, haven't they? I mean, you, I still think, based on who they've beaten, they've slipped up this weekend against Claremont, but based on who they've beaten, the, the margins that they've won by, I still think they're the, the best team in the competition at the moment. I know you won't like hearing that being a West Perth man, and to be fair, they are on top. But I just think um, this would just be one of those matches that they looked at and said, look, up four points at three-quarter time. We should not have been outscored four goals to one in that final term. But uh, Claremont, they just, gee whiz, they just found a way, didn't they? Yeah, well, I mean, Claremont came out firing. And like I'm pretty sure they kicked the first five goals to start the match. And then to East Frio's credit, they came back and put on the next five. And then it was just a arm wrestle all round up until the last few minutes in that fourth quarter and as you were saying 
Jesse, I reckon for East Frio, this might be the equivalent of the touch-ups that Frio got earlier on in this year in the AFL where it kind of gives them a clip over the back of the head saying you're not immortal. Like, you, you know, you have to come out and play each week. And, I mean, for Claremont, I don't see them making the grand final this year with what we've got going on. But, you know, what a great scalp to have on their behalf too. Well, it's it's going to be interesting to see how East Fremantle now respond for, respond from this because it could go one of two ways. Either they hunch their backs a little bit, they get on a bad run, they drop a couple more games and are then playing catch-up with the Falcons, Tigers and Bulldogs for the rest of the season. Or they can make their adjustments try and climb back up the ladder like Fremantle have done in the AFL, as you mentioned, and secure that top two spot at the end of the year because you think how dominant they've been in this first half of the season. It would be a real shame for them to be playing in an elimination final first week. Exactly. And I mean, they've got Peel Thunder at the Wacker next week. so That's um, a danger game. It, it is. I mean, where Peel's sitting on the ladder right now, they've snuck their way into the top five. Yep. So they are a contender. They're only one... One game behind East Frio at the moment. And, you know, their percentage is 120 and East Frio is 124. So, you know, this is like, I mean, we've said it before, Peel's a bit up and down at the moment, but they're, you know, they could actually get a good scalp if East Frio don't come out firing. Yeah, I mean, the Peel Thunder certainly capable of beating anyone on their day. And East Fremantle now a game behind West Perth and Claremont on the ladder and percentage behind the Bulldogs. And it'll be interesting to see how they pick themselves up after this. Cameron Eadley, 29 disposals for the Sharks. Absolutely outstanding in the middle. Jonathan Marsh, outstanding up forward, kicking three goals for the game. Jai Bolton, once again leading the way for the Tigers with 31 disposals. And Tyson Smallwood in that forward 50, booting four goals for the Tigers. And we'll head down to Mandurah now. The Peel Thunder belting East Perth by 65 points. And uh, it was close for that first quarter, Connor, but then East Perth just let themselves down in that second. Yeah, the wheels came falling off, didn't they, Jesse? <laughs> I mean, Barnsley kicking four along with Weston, kicking four. Matt Tabner back in the side yep. for the Waffle. He kicked three and Liam Henry too with two goals. So it looked like it just all clicked for them. It was a massive boost for them, wasn't it? I mean, bringing in all those Fremantle boys and, you know, when, when they have around... 13, 14, 15 Dockers in their squad. They're just they're so tough to beat, aren't they? Exactly. I reckon Peel might be uh, pushing to have some of these Frio boys back. <laughs> I know there's a bit of debate whether Tabana's going to be back in the Frio squad this week. So, you know, having another big forward going up against a, you know, possibly a huge scalp with these Frio to really secure the top four. Not that Frio are going to prioritise <laughs> Peel, but I'm sure they'll make a, a good appeal for it. Well, I mean, look, Peel... They certainly took advantage of Fremantle having that bye weekend, didn't they? There was a lot of boys from Fremantle wanting to put their hands up who would normally be in the 22. And uh, they certainly had that advantage going into the weekend against East Perth. Now, something interesting that happened, Connor. Now, we mentioned last week on the podcast, you know, Sebit Kuet coming up against his old mob. How great is this going to be? And uh, via the uh, the rules, they were within their rights to do so. They said, not nah, bad luck, Sebit. You're not playing against yeah, us. Yeah, got robbed, didn't he? Oh, <laughs> spewing. I would have loved to have seen it. I mean, yep. I'm sure the boys that he used to play with would have loved to have seen him out there and support him regardless. But, you know, footy always has politics. Yeah, and look, I mean, you can't blame East Perth either, can you? I mean, this was a crucial game. They were both going into this match with four wins. Uh, well, actually, sorry, uh, Four wins for Peel, three wins for East Perth. So massive, massive game in terms of top five position and uh, sort of setting yourself up 
uh, for that second half of the season. So East Perth, they were within every right to do so, but obviously, you know, Peel, they they had more blokes coming in anyway, so it didn't didn't hamper their performance. Yeah, I did imagine it. having to swap Quack out for Tabernacle. Like, oh no, what a shame! But yeah, props to Quack. I mean, he obviously copped it on the chin and knew the rules. Yeah. So hopefully he comes back this week and he could come out firing and for a big game. Put in a uh, a good performance for the reserves boys as well, who got over the line for the Peel Thunder. Neil Erasmus collecting 26 for Peel. He's been in outstanding form. Ethan Hughes across the half-back line, collecting 26 as well. Lloyd Meek, 24 disposals, 27 hit-outs. So he's certainly knocking on the door for a call-up. You mentioned those goal kickers before there. Guy Barnes with four goals. Weston, four. Tabner, three. Henry, a uh, couple himself. Thomas Medat kicking three goals for East Perth. And uh, Hamish Brayshaw, the captain, collecting 35 for the Royals. Now, your mob, Connor, West Perth, they just keep keeping on, don't they? Just flying under the radar. East Fremantle getting all the praise. And, uh, under the radar, Now they're first reckon, on Jesse? the ladder. Yes, snuck our way up to first. I didn't see that coming, but yeah. never a doubt that we'd ever make it to no the top. No doubt in your mind, so, eh? Absolutely. Always thought you'd be first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a bit of a scrappy game of footy. We saw two quarters where there was only two points scored between the second and the third quarter. And it was a bit of a tussle. I wouldn't say it's an easy fight. and It was a home game for us, but... You know, Swan's also uh, in the mix at the moment. I mean, goes all the way down to Subiaco sitting at seventh, all the way up to first. And it's such a tight competition coming out. And this just goes to prove it. I mean, I know it was an 18-point win and it was quite comfortable, but there was an arm wrestle for halfway in between there. Well, the Swans, they're certainly capable of beating anyone on their day, aren't they? I mean, we saw that when they knocked off Claremont in Bassadine earlier in the year. Should have got the better of Subiaco in Kalgoorlie, let themselves down in that last quarter. But like you said, just an arm wrestle from start to finish. I mean, six points of difference at quarter time, 13 points of difference at half time, 11 points heading into the final change, ended up being 18 points. So West Perth were never able to break away. The Swans, they just just kept scrapping, just kept putting West Perth under the pump every chance they had. So uh, look, gutsy win by West Perth, but the Swan District's also losing no fans in that one. Aaron Black, 34 disposals, for the Falcons, along with Luke Meadows, collecting 34 for himself. Just outstanding there in the engine room for the Falcons. And uh, Mitchell Antonio booting three for the Falcons up forward. Jesse Turner, God loves, what would he be averaging now? About 40 for the year? Yeah, let me tell you. Uh, well, collect, collecting 32 over the weekend. But yeah, I mean, nuts. Well, he's had 284 disposals. In oh. nine rounds. Let me get the calculator out. <laughs> Just sensational, isn't it? I mean, God, he'd be he'd be close to Sandover Medal. He'd be close to leading the Sandover Medal at the moment, wouldn't he? I mean... 31.5. 31.5. I mean, God, love us. Good luck beating that, eh? Yeah, well, I mean, it, the Brownlow works in... Uh, sorry, the Sandover <laughs> works in mysterious ways, doesn't it? He, yeah. Well, I mean, the Brownlow does too. I mean, well, they sort well, of work the Prito. same. They work the same, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Disposals. Yeah. yeah. Well, Prito got that, and he didn't make the All Australian team. So, yeah, you never know. I mean, hopefully, it does go to people that deserve it, and just not the top two, three teams. Yeah. I mean, we have said that it's so close within it anyway. But yeah, look, he's putting his name up there for it for sure. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind here in the West, eh, Connor? Yeah, Matt Prittis not getting All Australian. What a joke oh, that yeah. was. But. Yeah. You'd love to know how many how many Victorian boys made the cut on that one. But uh, switching over now to South Fremantle taking on Perth and uh, 39 points, the difference. Probably not a, a great uh, surprise there, Connor. But, um, but with that being said, though, uh, Perth, they were up at quarter time. 
Yeah, and then kicked one point in the second. But <laughs> exactly, yeah, look, they yeah. came out firing. But I think it's the case with most of these. Uh, we see it with West Coast most weeks as well. They come out guns blazing and then kind of fade away throughout the next three quarters. So, I mean, I don't know whether if the South came out this week and went, oh, yeah, it's a little scalp. And then they sluggish. get three kicks against them. And they're like, oh, coach gives them a spray and they'll switch on and play three quarters of footy and come out and win quite comfortably. But, you know, there's signs with these bottom teams. And we saw that especially this week against West with West Coast playing uh, pretty well against the Subiaco. Um, just need to start executing a bit more. And I think that's the same here with Perth. South Fremantle, they just need to be a bit more slick with their starts, don't they? I mean, they've had some sluggish starts over the year and obviously sitting third on the ladder, six and three, going okay. But, um, you know, if they were to have that sort of start in the first against the Falcons, the Sharks or the Tigers, they'll probably come unstuck. So certainly something there for, for Todd Curley's men to try and work on entering the second half of the season. And uh, look, it's there's an interesting round of football coming up. I mean, there's been a lot said about uh, in the AFL about you know how close this round's going to be, the top eight teams playing one another. But you look at some of these matches in the waffle too, it's certainly of a similar ilk. And we'll start off with East Fremantle taking on Peel at the Wacker. Who have you got for that one? Well, i go Del- Devil's Advocate here and say per- uh, Peel. Thunder, Peel? I reckon... Yeah. Um, I mean, I know East Freo is going to be a, this probably be the match of the round, I reckon. But East Freo getting the clip over the ear this week. We want to come out firing. Peel of Thunder coming up saying, well, we want to show everyone we're deserving to be in this top five. And they've got a chip on the shoulder. So I reckon it'll be a clash and I reckon Peel might get up. Yeah, I think you might be right on this one, Connor. I'm, I'm back in Peel too. I think uh, East Fremantle, they've, um, you know, Claremont have, have shown a lot of things for the rest of the competition to follow suit. And I think uh, Peel, they got enough talent in their squad a lot of AFL uh, listed talent too so I think they can uh, get it done over East Fremantle who have certainly made the Wacker their fortress this season the Swan District's taking on Subicon Subiaco getting the better of them in that contest in Kalgoorlie but uh, who have you got for this one look I'm thinking Swannies might come out I mean um, they played a pretty strong game against West Perth and they're, they're due for a scalp and I mean Subiaco didn't convince me this week against West Coast that they're you know, up there with the top five. Look, sure, they might be hanging around sitting at seventh and one game off, but they've only ever beaten the bottom four other teams. So they haven't had a big scalp, and I don't think Swans are going to let them run, a, run them over. Uh, sorry, run over them at Steel Blue Oval. They're going to have to win this game, though, aren't they, Connor? Like, absol- they're going to have to absolutely... You look at the Swan Districts, right? So five wins, four losses. Subiaco, four wins, five losses. Now, if they let the Swans get two games ahead inside that top five, 10 weeks left in the season, I mean, they'll just make it so much more difficult for themselves, won't they? This will be the decider about who's not yep. getting into that top five spot. Yeah, I, I reckon you're right. I reckon it sort of feels like whoever wins this game might just sneak in at the end of September and whoever loses will just be playing catch-up for that second half of the season. So it's going to be an absolutely massive Massive game in round 10. Swan District's taking on Subi. But for what it's worth, Connor, I'll back the Lions in again. I think they got the better of them last time. And I think they'll go two for two against the Swans this year. East Perth taking on Claremont at Leaderville Oval. I'm going to have to go Claremont. I mean, big scalp against East Freo. I would say Claremont have flown under the radar a lot this year. You know, losing some matches they shouldn't have won the games that they should have. Like, I mean, you know, they'll get the easy wins, obviously. But... Um, yeah, I'm feeling like this could be the one that kind of sets them back in motion. 
Yeah, look, I'm going to have to back the uh, the Tigers too. I reckon they'll uh, they'll remain in top two. It's hard to imagine them falling down the ladder considering the draw that they've got in this second half of the season. So I'll back the Tigers in over the Royals. The Perth Demons taking on West Perth at Mineral Resources Park. Who have you got? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, always West does it best, Jesse. <laughs> and uh, West Perth is my tip, as always. Yeah, it's hard to imagine them losing this one. I can see the uh, Falcons... Staying on top of the ladder, and uh, they'll certainly be tough to beat in the second half of the season. The West Coast Reserves taking on South Fremantle at the same ground, and um, suppose a, a bit of a game, danger game, you could say, for South, but um, who do you reckon? Well, well, I'm hoping South get up as well. I mean, well, it would be better for West Perth if they, <laughs> if they didn't. But yeah, I mean, it's, with it being so close, and West Coast are very, very close to a scalp, um, can't see why not. West Coast could tip them over the edge, but I don't see South really um, letting this one go. I mean, although it might be an easy game if you go off West Coast being 0-9 and, and South being 6-3, and 3, this is one that they could be a very big percentage booster and pop them. Yep. Yep. Like if West Perth do lose this week against Perth or and Claremont drop a game as well, this could be the decider where they can really boost that percentage up. Well, they've got the second best percentage in the comp behind the Falcons. They're better than... Claremont and better than East Fremantle when it comes to percentage so if they can you know sort of get rid of this habit of you know starting sluggish against teams that are below them on the ladder and just trying to build up and you know instead of winning by 30 or 40 after trailing at quarter time try and come out of the gates get a good start on them and try and catch up to West Perth in that percentage gap because eventually West Perth I mean unless they go 18 and 2 for the year they're going to drop one at some point and you've got to be able to you know be there for the taking and South Fremantle they really should be pushing for that top two spot and at the end of the day I think they can get the better of um, one of those teams in the top two so it'll be a big game for them and if they can get off to a good start and try and build on that and get a decent win on the board then they should be seeing themselves up to try and overtake one of those teams in the second half of the season. I'll back the Bulldogs on that one there, Connor. And uh, just before we wrap up, mate, Bryn Tekel from East Fremantle got taken by Port Adelaide in the mid-season draft. Oh, the poor man. The poor bugger. So played, well, got the dream call-up, didn't he? Straight off the bat against the Sydney Swans at Adelaide Oval for 35 minutes, was absolutely killing it for the power. And then the poor bugger gets struck down with injury. Yeah, broken collarbone. I mean, it's nice to see that, that, well, obviously being Perth talent coming out Mm. and absolutely dominating in the AFL and killing it that way. But, you know, the Port's support afterwards, even though, you know, it's a rookie, you Mm. picked him up mid-year, you could say, who cares? Yeah. Just throw him to the side, like, used, old goods, right? Used goods. But, you know, they're sticking by him. The coach was getting around him. He was saying, look, great kid. We want to be here. Like we'll get him through the rehab, and we'll make sure he comes back. He's shown this. He's shown what he's about, and we, it, to do that within 35 minutes is a real, real testament to how good that kid plays. Well, he's made a he's made a big impression, hasn't he, on his coaches, his teammates, and the Port Adelaide fan base. So they've certainly remembered him from this game, and it's also been a great endorsement for the Waffle too, hasn't it? And East Fremantle just saying these blokes, you know, it's not just a matter of West Coast and Fremantle grabbing these blokes. These interstate clubs can also take a chance on these Waffle boys and they'll come through because certainly the Waffle has shown themselves to be a great feeder competition, especially with this mid-season draft. We saw Marley and Pickett go to Richmond uh, three years ago and there's certainly been 
um, some great talent. Matthew Parker going to Richmond as well. So, um, you know, certainly been a, a good hunting ground for the AFL in that regard. So hopefully Bryn Tickle can can make a good recovery there. But I think that just about wraps us up there, mate. Sure it does. God, well, it'll be a, a ripping round, won't it? And uh, I tell you what, after this weekend, we'll be halfway through the season. Can you believe it? Oh, God, Jesus, Jesse. What are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do, eh? What are we going to do every Monday? Yeah. I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what we will be doing, though. We'll be re- Next week, we'll revisit our predictions that we had earlier in the year, and we'll see how accurate we've been from this point and whether or not there's anything we perhaps like to change. So it'll be... Uh, I, I can't even... I don't know about you, mate, but I can't even remember what I predicted at the start of the year. I, so. th- I remember us saying it would be uh, Claremont and Subi. Yeah. Or I, South would be on top yeah, of this I think, stage. I think I remember saying that I didn't think the top five would change from last year. So uh, cer- <laughs> certainly not looking great in that regard. But uh, yeah, that'll be something to tune in for next Monday and we'll certainly see how we've tracked with our predictions there. So uh, good chatting to you, mate, and should be a good round of footy ahead. Sounds good, mate. See you at the footy. Fantastic. Thanks for tuning in to this Round 9 edition of the Monday Waffle. I'm Jesse Donnelly-Jones, joined by Connor Malice. Until next week, chat to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Monday Waffle, proudly brought to you by the students from ECU Broadcasting.